Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. I'm Billy Embody. It's been a little bit of a minute now since we've last had a podcast. Been out on vacation with the family, but back in the saddle now, having gotten back Saturday night, adjusting from a little bit of jet lag, but overall, just an incredible trip to Europe. Much needed time to recharge and regroup and, and get going. But during that time, SMU went on quite a tear of football commitments and basketball added a major contributor uh, potentially for next year, but we'll see depending on a waiver. And we're going to go over that in this week's uh, or this edition of the podcast. And then as we get back into the week, we'll take your questions on th- the Thursday edition of the podcast. Um, and then uh, going forward, we'll be we'll be back at it with uh, the podcast rolling like it like it was and, and has been. So uh, thanks for listening to the Pony Stampede podcast. Hope you guys will check us out at PonyStampede.com, a part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, we've been covering you know, SMU and its run now of, of their six commitments in the 2020 class, and it all came in a flurry and, and made, you know, for the most part, uh, all on the offensive line outside of one safety. So we're going to run down kind of how that went, my thoughts on some of those commitments for SMU and, and kind of what what's next, um, and then... We'll touch on basketball and, and do that as well. So jumping right in, SMU got its first commitment in the 2020 class out of the state of Arkansas. Dalton Perdue, who made the commitment after his official visit to SMU um, that night, um, and, and really uh, a 6'7", 280-pound offensive tackle, uh, ranked as the 126th overall offensive tackle in the country. Uh, he committed to SMU over Arkansas State, Louisiana Monroe, Memphis and others. This is one where I really like his size. One that's what stands out right away. Um, and if you look at pictures of him, uh, which you can check out on his profile, uh, he's got some some good looking mass to him. I mean, he's not generally um, fat or anything like that. I mean, he's he looks the part, and he you know from what I've heard, all of six sevens. Is, that's something that you like. Um, about him, uh, really low key. You know, I stayed in touch with him, and, and he just said, "You know what? Okay, yeah, we'll announce the commitment through you." And and then uh, a couple of days later, he tweeted out, "Hey, I'm committed," <laughs> on his on his Twitter. Um, so anyway, looks the part. Um, he's got a good upper body. Um, needs to improve that lower body. Looks like, but that's a kind of a good thing. You you think a lot of these guys as they get older and they mature, they can add more weight. Um, and you know, get those big tree trunk legs. But this is a good thing that that I think that he's working with. Uh, he's a guy they're really high on. Uh, they love the toughness that he brings, that edge. And um, you know, SMU got him committed over Memphis, and he was expected to to check out Memphis and and do that as well. So um, big land for SMU with Dalton Perdue to start things off and and set a tone really for this class. I mean, this is a class that has to be good on the offensive line, and um, that first one that they got committed was very good, uh, is very good, and this next one is is even better, um, in my opinion. North Little Rock, Arkansas offensive tackle Aaron Smith made the call, um, and he's the highest-rated commitment in the class on 24-7 sports. He's a 6'5", 280-pound tackle, and look, for reference to everybody who um, kind of just looks at rankings and you know thinks about them and things like that, Danielson EK was rated um, as the number 60th offensive tackle in the country when he signed with SMU um, last cycle. And SMU beat out Oklahoma for him, of course, at the at the end there. 
Aaron Smith is rated as the number 55 offensive tackle in the country. He's the number six overall prospect in Arkansas. He had a Kansas, Louisiana Tech, Vanderbilt offer. Um, He's really, really just a great kid just being able to talk with him. He's got good size. I think he's somebody that could rise even higher potentially. Um, And he's on a well-known team in the state of Arkansas. Uh, They were runner-ups in Class 7A last year. and, and he blocks for another SMU target in Brandon Thomas, the running back. Uh, this is somebody that Rhett Lashley has been on for a while. Uh, same with same with Dalton Perdue. Um, both of those guys, they got in on early because of Rhett's uh, connections in the state of Arkansas, having you know gone to school there and, and things like that. So um, a big land for SMU. Like I said, highest rated commitment in the class on 24-7 sports. And now you have two really guys that they view as cornerstone offensive tackles to build around in this class. And later that day, uh, Carl Taylor, the Midland Lee safety, who's kind of the curveball in this offensive line flurry, made his commitment to SMU. Uh, he had taken his official visit. He took a couple days, got you know everything together, and then announced his commitment. This is another strong commitment. He had uh, Houston, Louisiana, Utah offers. He's rated as the number 67 overall safety prospect in the country um, and, and one that, I mean, second team all state um, in class 6A is really impressive. 63 tackles, nine for loss, eight pass breakups and six interceptions. So another guy that they were really high on, Trey Haverty did a great job here uh, being the West Texas guy that he is and getting him out of out of Midland um, and look, uh, one that can can always help recruit. Um, SMU had Loic Fongi on uh, on campus as well. The the really high three star wide receiver that's got a Texas offer, got offers from Texas A&M and other places. Um, and you've got a teammate committed now, so that'll certainly help. But we'll we'll kind of see how uh, how things go with that. But look, I mean Taylor, another another prospect with length six one one ninety. Um, I like that initial size that he's got coming in. So he's somebody that could end up in that 6'1", 210 range, 220 range as a, as a college um, upperclassman. And uh, again, somebody that we really like, uh, you know, both on 24-7 sports and, um, and really on, on, the, uh, on the composite. I think he'll have a strong rating when he gets rated as well. So Carl Taylor was commitment number three. Then uh, SMU had another uh, double day of commitments when Branson Hickman, the Dallas Jesuit offensive lineman, committed, and Marcus Smith out of Stafford committed. Now, these are two interior guys. Hickman, 6'2", 275, um, had Air Force, Louisiana Tech, Memphis, and others. He was set to visit Memphis as well. Uh, this is one where SMU kind of came out of nowhere, I want to say, basically. I mean, they, they went to evaluate him in the spring. They liked what they saw so much that they just put an offer on the table, and that was right around the time that they had uh, they had had uh, Marcus Smith initially on campus for his official visit. They had Kyrie Miller, um, they had Addison Penn, and they and this was the guy that they they pressed. And now look, like I'm not going to try to spin this. They would have wanted, I think, Addison Penn, Hickman, Smith, all three. They wanted all three. Um, but look, Hickman is was a guy that. And this is just from what I've heard, the guy that they identified as the top interior guy that they saw all spring. So out of everything they saw in practice and evaluating him, this was their top guy. And that's impressive. And and, I mean, when you have 
somebody that impresses a staff that much in, in workouts. I mean, you're just going to have to uh, – you trust evaluations. I mean, he's not a no-offer prospect, but I'm sure he's somebody that, you know, a lot of people when they saw it were like, okay, all right, not that great. But look, everybody that I've talked to about him has just raved about him. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how he develops a really smart young man, coach's son, uh, has good pedigree. His dad played at TCU and was all, all Southwest Conference offensive linemen. So a lot of good things there with Branson Hickman uh, getting committed and, an, and a high-profile Dallas kid to get committed as well. And Marcus Smith later that evening saw that spots were filling up, and he said, you know what, I'm going to make the call as well. Uh, this is one where I think uh, SMU really likes to add size. We saw this with Tay Brooks. This is kind of similar to Tay Brooks in the 2019 class when they got Marcus Smith committed now, uh, a 6'3", 315-pound lineman. Look, we've done um, a lot of research at 24-7 Sports on offensive linemen and guys that are over 315 pounds. You got to pause and kind of take a second. But look, um, there are going to be guys that are really impressive offensive linemen in college that won't make it in the NFL um, and that start out um, – over that 315 pound, that 300 pound range. So kind of to give you some statistics um, on high school weights uh, in the top 100 picks that were offensive linemen um, over the cross over the past five years in the NFL draft over 300, there were 21 out of 87, uh, which were 24%, uh, nine out of 87 uh, were over 310. So that's, that's a 10.3% out of the top 100 picks. Um, and so, and then the next is over 330, which is 5.7%, and then over 350, zero out of 87 uh, offensive linemen um, were um, over 350. So, anyway, look, it it is not a great sign. Like, I, I think Marcus Smith can be a good offensive lineman at the college level. It'll just have to be something that they get Kazkazi to work with him and he's going to have to trim down. I mean, that that's just going to have to be how it goes um, and get down to about 300 and then, and then go from there. But he had some nice offers. He had Houston, Louisiana, um, raging Cajuns and, and then Tulsa. So, I mean, this is one where, again, we'll just have to see. And, and to be honest, he's somebody that I think the staff is going to keep a close eye on evaluation wise, but they do love him. Um, great kid. If SMU is going to somehow pull a rabbit out of its, you know, butt and, and uh, rabbit habitat and, and, and uh, you know, get Robert Wooten um, from Stafford, who's kind of fading away. I, I told everybody on our board, I went foggy on my crystal ball pick. It seems like he's going power five. He's taking his Arizona official visit uh, this week. Um, Marcus Smith will help, but it, you know, right now we'll, we'll just kind of have to see. And then lastly, on the run of offensive linemen, uh, ben Sparks committed. 6'4", 285 pounds out of Norman, Oklahoma. And again, this is one where the composite's really high on him. He's the highest rated SMU commitment on the 24-7 sports composite. He's the number 85th offensive tackle um, in the country. Um, and, and one where, you know, we like him as well. We, we like him as somebody that can rise up a little bit, you know, maybe finish in that 86, 87 range. Um, SMU likes him at tackle. I can see him sliding inside. Um, real physical, nasty guy, um, and and one that had 
Um, a lot of uh, a lot of Ivy League type opportunities. He had Dartmouth. Uh, he had Army. Um, and, and Princeton and, and Rice, and Tulsa, Wyoming, Yale. So really high academic kid as well that they really like. And, and I know specifically that Sonny Dykes was really high on him from what I had heard. So uh, they take him. That's your five offensive linemen in the class. Um, and then they, they put an offer on the table to Marcus Bryant, who's that intriguing 6'6". He's about 240 right now from what he told us. So he's gaining some weight. Um, they put an offer on the table for him uh, after he camped. So he impressed in camp, and they, and they said, you know, we're going to go ahead and offer. Um, so they put an offer on the table for Marcus Bryant. They've got Uganda Nana out there out of Arlington, Seguin. They really want to finish out this offensive line class with kind of an intriguing offensive tackle prospect that they can develop over the long term. So six commitments. SMU currently ranks fifth on, tw- on the 24-7 sports composite team rankings. 24-7 sports has SMU at number four in the AAC Memphis and USF had really strong weeks. They both, uh, Memphis even picked up a four star prospect, uh, while USF picked up a couple really just nice additions. Uh, Memphis had a good run, uh, here. Um, and so anyway, they've jumped, they've jumped SMU a little bit. Uh, SMU was up to two in the class, um, when they landed all these guys. Um, so anyway, we'll see kind of how SMU pops up. Um, but as of right now, they sit as high as four in the in the AAC rankings. So um, with that, we're going to take a quick break from the podcast, and we're going to come back. We'll kind of break down what's next for SMU on the recruiting trail and then break down SMU's new addition to the basketball team and, and how that could impact things. So we'll be right back with the Pony Stampede podcast right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Pony Stampede Podcast. Feel free to check us out at PonyStampede.com, a part of the 24-7 Sports Network. We're going to have plenty of more coverage as SMU continues to roll through official visits. The dead period is coming up. It uh, actually is this weekend for uh, football, and um, SMU basketball is going to get back out on a live period uh, trail uh, later uh, this weekend, this week, I think. Still trying to get a grasp on this new um, evaluation period schedule that the NCAA rolled out, but a lot to come on PonyStampede.com. So check us out. Pick up a free trial. Seven days you can check out, uh, you know, everything and, and um, you know see if you like it. I mean, I, I really uh, we've actually picked up a lot of subscribers over the last few weeks with our coverage of uh, you know the football recruiting and everything like that. So we appreciate all those new subscribers and. 
subscribe and leave a review to the podcast. Jumps off the soap soapbox. Time to get back to the podcast. Uh, look, uh, SMU with its six commitments stands in a good spot um, heading into the back half of the summer before a long dead period. It looks like at this point, I would say a um, couple things. SMU is going to host a few official visitors this week. They might have a couple on campus this weekend. Um, I'm still working on kind of chasing all that down. We dropped a tidbit on one that has set his official visit for this week, uh, a defensive end. Um, and then another one uh, we posted. So two defensive ends have set their official visits. SMU set to bring in uh, those guys. So check out, like I said, PonyStampede.com for the latest there. Um, and then they'll have more. So as we get those and, and um, get get uh, that list kind of together, that'll be uh, posted as well. So we'll keep you guys in the loop kind of on who they're bringing in, who they're targeting. I think what's next for this recruiting class, um, when you look at what uh, really the staff has to replace in in the 2020 recruiting class, I think there are a couple key areas. Um, one, wide receiver, they're going to have to sign a good class. James Prochet's departing, C.J. Sanders, Myron Galliard, um, Reggie Roberson could very well depart. And who knows, you know, if Tyler Page doesn't do much this year, is that a guy that they, you know, say, okay, all right, maybe it's time to move on. You just never know. Um, They've got a great start to the offensive line class. Uh, We know that there, that's for sure. Um, And then from there, it's going to be a lot of, I I think it'll be interesting to see how they approach things because they are so young on the defensive line. Um, I could see them going after a junior college option, on the at the defense tackle spot, um, when you talk about having guys like Zach Abercrombie, Chris Biggers, Demer Gary, Pono Davis, all departing, and then your next guys up. I mean, this is your next guys up. You have no juniors. Your next guys up are Harrison Lovelace, Terrence Newman, um, and then really it would be um, Darren Brown. I would say uh, those are the guys that that are next up. So it's really critical that SMU probably adds a, a either a graduate transfer next year, which they, they've shown that they really will um, for the most part. And then, um, you know, another quality defensive tackle prospect, one or two, I would say. And that'll kind of get the numbers right, I think, there. That will give them um, between Loveless, Newman, um, freshman Elijah, Chap- Elijah Chapman, Darren Brown, and then Shabazz Dotson, if he's healthy, that'll give them – they can sign like a three interior defensive tackle class, which includes like a junior college prospect that would give them, you know, eight guys in the middle there that, that are young and can, you know, bring it up and we'll see kind of how it goes. Defensive end, they're in a great spot for, they can take guys like Mason Mastrov who, who's camped for his offer and got it. Um, Jay Bell got offered the Beaumont West Westbrook prospect. And then Kari Coleman out of New Orleans will be an interesting one to watch. He's fresh off a Kansas official visit. It's Kansas and SMU really, I would say there. That's going to be an interesting one because Kansas does such a good job of pulling New Orleans kids. Tony Hall, the assistant there, is a former coach from down there. Um, he's, not, he's not Kari's coach, but he does a great job recruiting the area. Look, that, that can go, I would say, either way because you've got his dad and you've got a lot of family up in Fort Worth. And then on the flip side of things, you've got this New Orleans pull. Um, they a, a lot of New Orleans kids like to stay together, and really, um, it's just once a pipeline gets going, it gets going. And when you have a coach up there that can take care of you, that's how like a lot of New Orleans kids kind of put it. Like, okay, Coach Hall's going to take care of me. 
um, like he's taking care of high school kids when he was a high school coach in New Orleans. So that'll be an interesting recruiting battle. If you watch it, it's just he's doing it the right way. I mean, I really do believe that with Kari to kind of go aside. Um, he's taking his SMU official. He's taking his Kansas. He's still talking to SMU. He's still you know giving them good vibes. We'll kind of see how it goes there. Um, yeah, I've still got my pick on SMU. I, at this point, I think I'm going to ride it because I, I just I like the idea of his dad being up in Fort Worth. Um, I think SMU's done a really good job recruiting him. Um, there's just the, that that sometimes those New Orleans kids, like I said, they gravitate to Tony Hall. He does a great job recruiting for for Kansas. I do think Kari's going to take a couple more visits. I, I've, we've been going back and forth. I'm going to try to jump on the phone with him and, and kind of see what's up, what's going on um, more in depth. But, um, you know, he's told me SMU and Kansas are still right there, neck and neck. I just see him taking more visits. I think he's going to go up to Tennessee and camp. Um, he got a Tennessee offer. It's definitely a camp offer, but we'll kind of see uh, how things go from there. Um, at linebacker, this is a position where I think they feel like they're in a pretty good spot. All right, you've got young outside linebackers like Preston Ellison, J.C. Respress, um, and Jimmy Phillips there. And then you've also got uh, you know Shane Haley in the mix. Uh, from there, how do they approach it? And then you've got Brian Holloway, who's now you know on camp. He'll be on campus in a couple weeks. He just committed um, in the 2019 class. So again. Um, and he's an inside outside guy. You can kind of, they, they like him as that like uh, Trevor Denbo role, kind of a roll down safety linebacker look. Um, so he'll be an outside linebacker. That's good. Then just kind of, how does it go in terms of that middle linebacker spot? Um, I like SMU having Derek Lewis on campus for his unofficial visit. He said things went great. He was on campus with Mason Chambers, uh, who's his teammate. Um, from from Shirts Clemens and you know down there, um, those were Mason was on official visit. Derek Lewis popped over to take in a day with him on campus and, and take an unofficial visit. Um, he's a really really talented linebacker. I really like him a lot. Um, that would be a massive land for SMU if they got Derek Lewis on board. That would be your ideal inside linebacker. As far as corner goes, it's kind of a, a total guessing game. I would say they haven't had anybody official visit uh, at the cornerback spot yet. Um, they've been pushing and pushing for a bunch of guys. Uh, they're in a good spot numbers wise. Okay. It's kind of like, um, I mean, for SMU, look, they, Chevin Calloway, Armani Johnson, Sam Westfall, Terry Keyes, the third, uh, and Justin Guy Robinson, kind of the younger, uh, I mean, Justin Guy Robinson is a, is a junior, but they've got that, that younger group right there as guys like, uh, Kevin Johnson, Christian Davis, Eric Sutton, Robert Hayes will all graduate, um, It'll be interesting to see kind of what the future holds in that in that class because if Chevin doesn't get his waiver, then he redshirts and he's still a sophomore uh, and one that steps in right away and starts. I mean, he's super athletic. Uh, he'll be he'll be right there. And then as far as safety, again, they've got a young core. Uh, Cameron Jones, who, who transferred from from Nebraska, if he's in good shape, uh, you know, he's going to be there. They they still feel high on Travion Johnson if he can just stay healthy. Um, he can develop there. He's a big safety. Donald Clay, they like. Chase Camardi, they love. Roderick Robinson, Robertson, who enrolled early, they love. Um, and then you've got Trevor Denbo, who's a junior, um, you know, who will be a senior in 2020. So they're kind of in a spot where they they definitely need to add some difference makers at corner. 
They've got to probably sign two or three. It'll be interesting to see kind of how they do it and, and who they monitor and who who progresses and, and who they like. And it's it's a position where I think they could be patient. Uh, tight end, we've talked about a good bit. Two tight ends that they're really high on, Drake Dabney and John Holcomb. Those are kind of the key targets right now. I'm more inclined to think they can land Holcomb uh, rather than um, Dabney at this point, but we'll see. Uh, and then running back, they've got a great uh, look. They're going to have redshirt freshman uh, Tamaric Williams, TJ McDaniel, and Ulysses Bentley. All three of those will be your young backs. And honestly, you probably don't redshirt McDaniel. I just think he's going to end up playing on special teams somehow. But if you could redshirt TJ McDaniel, you know, that would be, you know, ideal, I think. Or you go like four games McDaniel, four games Bentley, four games Williams. And that kind of gets you through the season and you leave it to Xavier Jones and came on Freeman to carry the load. They also love Merrick Pierce, um, the former walk-on. So we'll kind of see kind of how that position goes. But they do want to probably sign two running backs, kind of replenish that depth that you'll lose when Xavier Jones and Kimon Freeman graduate. Quarterback, we've talked about. I don't see them taking a quarterback at this point. They put an offer on the table for Raylan Sharp, the Allen 2020 quarterback, who just balled out at camp, threw the ball really well. He ran four fours two, two times. Uh, and if you watch his film, his film's just sick. So uh, th- that could be an option as kind of like a quarterback athlete. And they're selling him on quarterback. They're also saying, look, you you can play whatever. Um, whether that be defensive side of the ball, whether that be you know that slot back wide receiver type position. Um, they can do a bunch of different things with him if they can get him on board. I'm starting to be more inclined that SMU can land him. Um, I'm kind of closing. It's still early for him, but um, he was really intrigued by the SMU offer. I could, we'll kind of have to monitor that one, but I think if there's a leader right now, I think it's SMU. Um, They're going to, they're going to put the press on him, I think, uh, to kind of get on board and, 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 you know, um, be that slot back kind of like option quarterback type look. But I mean, there are a lot of people that are really high on him as a quarterback. So again, we'll, we'll kind of see how things shake out, but that's not a traditional quarterback take. Obviously, they're kind of focused on Preston Stone and Sawyer Robertson in 2021. That's just kind of some some rambling thoughts on what's next in the 2020 class for SMU. They'll, like I said, they'll have some more official visitors coming up. Uh, they will um, certainly be... Uh, I think active in the fall and having official visitors on campus or holding for December. I think like the cornerback position, they're trying to be patient there and kind of figure things out because they don't, you don't want to waste official visits either. So, you know, for somebody like Corey Black, they probably could have bought, brought him in. He's um, Corey Black is the Waco Connolly cornerback. He stayed in touch with, with SMU, but look, I mean, he's, he's now down to his final three um, and he's going to be making a, a commitment uh, later this month. So, I mean, SMU's out. They probably could have burned an official visit trying to make up ground there, but they, they opted not to. So, uh, and running back, the only running back they posted is, uh, Brandon Thomas out of North Little Rock. Um, and he just picked up an Arkansas offer. So we'll see kind of how that goes. Arkansas just picked up running back in the class. So, um, like I said, it'll be an interesting deal, uh, to see kind of who they go with that running back. Um, and then corner, I think those are the two intriguing ones, uh, for SMU as far as what's next, who's going to land in there, um, because it's just kind of an unknown. And, and um, Anyway, so I dropped some class predictions uh, on Pony Stampede last week. You can still check them out, kind of me taking a stab at how the class could finish up. Uh, some question marks on there for me as well, but 
you know, felt like, uh, you know, those are some of the guys that I could at least include in a prediction piece. So with that, let's move on to basketball. Uh, SMU landed TCU grad transfer Kendrick Davis after his official visit. Um, SMU got him on board, um, sold him on staying staying in the area. Wow, words are hard today. Um, staying in the area. He comes over from Fort Worth to SMU. Um, and look, I mean, this is somebody that now brings SMU to 15 scholarship players for the 2019-2020 season. Uh, he will need a waiver to play right away in 2019. Um, but this is somebody that played in all 37 games. For TCU, he averaged six points, 1.7 rebounds, shot 40% from the floor. Um, and really, he was kind of up and down, I would say, because he scored at least 10 points in eight games uh, as a freshman. And then obviously just, you know, his average is down to 6.3 points per game. He didn't have incredible, um, he didn't play a ton of minutes, um, but he's somebody that I, if you talk to TCU, I'm sure they wanted him to, to stick around. And um, he played 17 minutes a game. Uh, as far as his per 40 minutes, he's a 14 points, uh, 4.7 assists um, type player. Um, 3.9 rebounds. That's his per 40 minute numbers. So he's got some upside to him. Uh, he needs to cut down on fouling. That's something that I think he can work on. Um, but look, I mean, he's a guy who's who put up 22 points against Iowa State um, in their upset win, uh, and then put up 16 against Kansas. He's kind of a Nick Moore lookalike. That that is what the comp is going to be. He's five nine, um, but I, I I don't think we need to anoint him that uh, just yet. But look. A quality ad, credit to KT Turner. He was all over him from the get-go. This is somebody that they were waiting for um, and, and watching him and, and ready to strike because the, the, the rumors were out there that he was going to transfer. And he did, and SMU was there. They hosted him on an official visit. He was supposed to head to LSU for the record next weekend, but they go ahead and get him committed. Big deal for SMU. Look, now they've got to cut down the roster. And and who knows? They, they, they're still going to try to improve the roster. I mean, there's going to be another – uh, another round of, of uh, transfers later this summer as rosters shake out and kids, you know, get to graduate or things like that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens because look, SMU's two over. They've got Bryce Cook with his health issues. I think he's a pretty likely candidate to to just go ahead and medical, and then he'll be able to do what Austin Corbett did for the football team, which is hang around, you know, basically be a student assistant. Um, Get into coaching. He's a great, great young man. Um, I think he'd do really well coaching. Um, but there's been no official announcement on that and everything. But, I mean, with those health concerns, I mean, it's just – it seems like somebody that is an obvious candidate to potentially medical and then open up uh, a scholarship that get you down to 14. And then from there, um, you know, I think it's a current player. I think it's um, – It'll be interesting to see how they do it because, look, I mean, you don't know how these guys are doing academically. I mean, will there be an academic casualty over the summer, somebody that says, okay, I just can't do this anymore? Um, Or will it be kind of a more obvious person to to move on? But as it stands right now, SMU has to get basically run off two players. Um, So we'll kind of monitor that and see how it goes. Um, But, again, credit to KT Turner. Did a great job there. Uh, this is a big time player that, I mean, if look, if you get him eligible and you're talking about a backcourt of Darius McNeil, if he gets that waiver, which I mean, I think he's a shoe in to get it, um, really should be, 
if you get that that waiver for Darius McNeil, you 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 have Tyson Jolly, who's really talented, uh, and and so you have those two, and then Charles Smith, who's super athletic. I mean, that is that's pretty strong right there uh, in terms of starting off. So um, you know, we'll we'll kind of monitor things and see how things go there. But that's a strong backcourt, um, especially if you get Kendrick Davis. And, and the kind of the waiver argument for him would be: look at all these people leaving TCU. Something's up. So um, that's kind of the uh, where everybody's pointing to there as far as uh, as far as um, uh, Kendrick Davis's argument for a waiver. So we'll see kind of how it goes. But SMU has some key pieces now um, in place. You return Ethan Shagwa. Word is that Everett Ray has been participating and looking, you know, fairly good in 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 pickup games. Which look, I mean, that's something that uh, until I see it, you know, I'm going to withhold that. But uh, you return for on Hunt, obviously Isaiah Mike need more consistency out of both, but they've got some pieces. We'll kind of see how it goes. Of course, I'm not ready to anoint them even in the NCAA tournament, but you know, people have taken notice of the work they've done, not only on our site, of course, but uh, just some coaches I keep in touch with across the country just said, you know, they, they put together some nice pieces. So we'll see how it goes, but SMU uh, adds Kendrick Davis as uh, I was in Europe. And um, so I wanted to go ahead and talk about it and, and kind of give you some thoughts there. Um, with that, I think that catches everybody up to, you know, for the most part, all the news I can think of. Um, we'll, like I said, we'll have you guys covered on um, the official visitors coming up for football. Uh, Phil is working on some uh, some uh, pieces to kind of review the basketball roster, kind of how things can be set up uh, for them in 2019-2020. Uh, uh, we've been rolling out our summer preview series on uh, the um, uh, players, or not the players, SMU's upcoming schedule. So be sure to keep an eye on that. Uh, uh, Hats and and um, and Matt have been working on those. And then finally, uh, a big welcome to uh, to our uh, Pony Stampede intern, um, Tommy Shafazeda, who's been you know out there for camps. He's put together some camp notebooks while I've, while I've been away, and so we're going to get him going on some cool pro- projects that I mentioned, I think a couple podcasts or right before I left. But um, yeah, he, he's going to start to work on some other sports. So we're going to you know maybe look at golf. We're going to look at tennis. We're going to kind of do some behind the scenes things. Hopefully we've got a lot to cover over the next month and a half. Um, media days for, for the AAC will be in you know late July. So we'll have those and um, and I'll be back out um, covering you know, live basketball period in late July as well before we gear up for fall camp. So with that, guys, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Hope you guys have a great week. And uh, we'll check in later in the, in the week with another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening.